Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I am your guest host today, Ethan Bohannon, and this is week 41. Honestly, it's crazy to me that we're this far, um, and I've really loved reading through the Old Testament. It's been great to see all the stuff that uh, God has done um, throughout the Old Testament, the the way that He loves His people. And one of my favorite things is seeing how God weaves throughout all of the stories uh, His love for us and His plan and how ultimately God is in control. And that's so encouraging to me, um, and I've really enjoyed it, but I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited to get to the New Testament. Like I said, it's been great going through the Old Testament, but I'm really excited for Jesus. Jesus is coming, and it's so cool to see God working in all the details and all of these, really all these tragedies and the way that uh, his people turn their back on him and the way that they just outright don't listen to God, it can be frustrating for us. But if we really take a step back and look, we do the same thing. And all the while, God is chasing after them and he is making ways for them to come back to him and all leading up to Jesus. And I'm excited for that, but that is a couple of weeks from now. And so today we're going to focus on a couple of different stories. Mainly uh, today, I want to focus on the book of Esther. And this week we've read through Esther, we've read through the book of Malachi, we've hidden some on Ezra, lots of stuff going on. But one of my favorite all-time Old Testament stories is the book of Esther. And many of us have probably either read the book of Esther, we've heard the story, or maybe you're like me and you grew up watching the VeggieTales version of Esther. That's still what I think of to this day when I read through Esther. Uh, but it's such an amazing story of how God is working in the details. And so... Before we get into that, I want to rabbit trail real quick because probably a couple months ago, uh, my life group that I'm in, we were reading through the book of Esther and talking through this. And one of the things that was brought up is how Esther and some of the stuff that happens in this story is a precursor to Jesus and the crucifixion. And I just thought that was so cool because we see at the end of the story that Haman is killed on the pole that was intended for Mordecai. Ultimately, that in that specific scene, it was a substitution death, right? And so somebody had to substitute or somebody had to die to appease the wrath of the king. And if we start thinking through it like that, we can see how that connects with Jesus, right? There is the wrath of God. Somebody has to die to take the punishment for sin. In this case, Haman, the guilty, was killed. But in the case of us and Jesus, Jesus, the innocent, took on the death for us, the guilty. And I just think that's so cool seeing how God, even hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus, is working through and bringing us this idea that Jesus is coming. Somebody is coming to take the punishment, to take the punishment for sin. And that's just so encouraging to me. But now back off the rabbit trail, back to it. You know, as we read through the book of Esther, one of the things that pops out to me is the idea of control. I don't know about you, but I'm a huge control freak. 
And I know that the Bible talks a lot about control, right? We see controlling your anger, controlling your tongue, and all these ideas of control and self-control and being in control of our bodies and our minds and, and putting that to God. But at the end of the day, I'm a control freak. And I, I mask that behind being a planner and being detailed, but when I really get down to it, I just want to be in control. And for me over the years, really praying through that and thinking through that, that comes from a lack of trust in God. I'm not trusting God with my situations. I'm not believing Him and trusting Him with the outcome that I that I want, right? It's a selfish desire. It's a selfish motive. I want this to happen, so I'm going to plan it. I'm going to be detailed about it and make sure that I can control the outcome. When a lot of the times, maybe the outcome that I want is not the outcome that's needed. And many of you may be that same way. You may be a control freak, or maybe you're the opposite. <laughs> maybe... And that's what I envy is the opposite of that. We're like, you know what? God's got this. I'm going to live live and trust God. And, and that's great. And I hope I want to work and get to that. But that's just something that I struggle with. And many people do. And at the end of the day, sometimes it's good. But more than not, it's bad because I'm not putting my full trust in Christ. And so I say all that because as I read through the story of Esther, I'm really taken aback by the character of Mordecai. You know, Mordecai was... The cousin of Esther, her parents died, and he took her in, raised her as his own daughter. And uh, we see throughout the story how uh, he he is trusting God with the outcome. And I know for me, being in his shoes, that would be so difficult. We see where Esther becomes queen. He's going by the gate to ask about her, how she's doing. We see where he becomes a palace official. He even continually continues to respect the king. And so we see where he uh, keeps the king from being assassinated. There was a, a plan in place, and he told them about that and uh, uh, was able to save the king's life. And then he finds out about the plan to kill all the Jews, which is his people, which is Esther's people. And he mourns for that, right? He he tears his clothes. I think it says in there that he tears his clothes. He puts ash on his head. He he is in a state of mourning at the palace gate. He lets Esther know. And this is where it gets hard for me because I think if I was in Mordecai's shoes, how difficult would it be to know that, hey, my people are going to die and all I can do is tell somebody. I'm a big fixer in my life and I want to fix issues. And when somebody brings me a problem, I'm like, all right, let's get to the root of the problem. Let's figure it out so we can get past this. And there's not much in this situation that Mordecai can do. So he mourns, he trusts God, but that's still very difficult, right? I know it's easier said than done. It's easy to say, yeah, we just need to trust God. But when those situations arise and those difficult times come, it's really hard to see that I need to trust God. It's a lot easier to try and do something on our own and in our own power. We see throughout the story of Esther that ultimately trusting God and giving him control and believing in his control prevails, right? And that uh, the people are spared, the guilty parties are are killed, and um, Mordecai and Esther live and, and thrive. And I think for me, it's important, and for all of us, it's important to remember that just because we're trusting God doesn't mean that we won't have trouble. I can trust God, but there's we live in a fallen world. We live in a sinful world. And that can be really hard to trust God, especially when the Hamans of the world are flaunting their success, right? When, when we see the people who are living in sin, who are doing those things that we know are wrong, are 
living in success, right? That is so difficult, and that's difficult for me, and and I get envious and I get jealous. But when I, you really sit down and think about it, why wouldn't the people living in sin be successful? The stuff of this world's going to pass away, but eternity, Christ, is forever. And so, I would rather, I would rather not have the stuff of this world, but have Christ forever. And that should be our goal, right? Again, easier said than done. When the rubber hits the road, it's really hard to to see clearly, but ultimately we need to put our trust and our faith in God. And so as we're wrapping up this podcast and we're thinking through like, what does control look like? What does what does that mean for my life? You know, I, I for me, that just means I need to trust God more. And that's trusting God is not just me sitting and saying, all right, God, I trust you, you got this. There has to be action with that. But in all of my action and what I'm doing, I'm trusting God with the outcome. I'm not trying to do it all myself. I'm trusting that God's got a big plan. God sees the big picture. He wants what's best for me. We see that in the entire Old Testament. We see how the people of God are continually turning from him time and time again. But what does God do? Yes, there's punishment for sin, but God's always making a way, right? God is always bringing them back to himself because he loves us. And as we wrap today, that's what I want to leave you with. Trust God no matter what, because God loves you. God is for you. He is in control. So thanks for listening to The Word this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you have any questions about the podcast, feel free to reach out to us at twtw at theriverCC.com. Or if you're looking for a church home in Cookville, Tennessee, be sure to check us out at theriverCC.com. Thanks, and join us next time on The Word This Week.